Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 282, and I had a conversation with Dr. Thomas Oosterhout. He was hailing from Denmark, where he lives, and we had a conversation about his upbringing and the state of things in Denmark. (laughs) And also, we had a big talk about mental health and how the brain works in uh, reality versus perception and how we talk to ourselves, that kind of thing. Really interesting guy, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one. He's got a lot of journalistic papers he's written. He's written a book uh, called The Matrix Has You. I will put all that stuff on the links page for you to check out more about Thomas after you listen to the episode. He experienced depression as a child and had a suicide attempt. And that process that he went through and and getting to the other side of it uh, created a desire to want to know more about his own sense of self and well-being and for those around him. So he ended up getting his doctorate in psychology and pursuing that as a as a career on top of the other stuff he does. So really interesting guy, and I look forward to you hearing about him. In other news, Hey Human Podcast can be found on social media under Instagram and Facebook. My personal social media is Susan Ruthism. You can email me, Susan, at heyhumanpodcast.com. If you go to heyhumanpodcast.com, you'll find that links page I referred to, and you can learn more about every guest I've had on the show. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. It helps greatly. Or really, wherever you get your podcast, you can rate and review there. But iTunes is a real big one. If you want to sign up for the mailing list, you can do so at susanruth.com. You'll also find more information about me in general on susanruth.com, the things that I do outside of the podcast. If you'd like to donate to help keep Hey Human going, there is a support button on heyhumanpodcast.com. Please check that out. Uh, We are an ad-free podcast, and by we, I mean me. I do this all by myself, and it really helps to get those donations to keep the show going. Thank you for your continued support and for listening and for spreading the word. It really means a lot to me. Um, Yeah, so thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Stay well. Be good to each other. Be kind. uh, Just take care in general, yeah? It's a... There's a lot going on in the world, and it's easy, as we talk about on this episode, it's easy to get caught up in all of it. Make sure you take a little time for you and breathe. Just know that since the dawn of time, since humans have existed, there has been stuff. You got this. I believe in you, if that makes a difference at all. And uh, I'm glad you're here. Keep keep going. Keep staying here. We need you. The world needs you, honestly. I believe that. So, all right, here we go. Thomas Oosterhout, welcome to Hey Human. Thank you so much for having me. That is a cool last name. It's a, it's a big last name, so I always have to explain it to people because they, they always ask where it's from and how do you pronounce it. So there's always a, there's always a story that comes along with it. And uh, I, my friend Andrea, who knows your parents, uh, she said that it means Eastwood. Does it? I thought yeah, it like, and I that, out of the house I, I, for some reason. I never actually, I never took the time to figure that out. Okay. Yeah, it, it means Eastwood apparently. And she said oh. that she talked to your dad about it at, kind of at length. And they re- they came to the decision that you are related to Clint Eastwood. So there's well, that. That's good news. 
Let's fill up about my situation. So if you need to write him a letter. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I'll just write him. Say what's up and uh, he'll help me. Hey, uncle. Uh, yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, welcome. Now, where where are you currently? I am located in Copenhagen, uh, Denmark, and I've been here for 12 years. Wow. What, yeah, a long time. What brought you there? Was it school? Uh, well, my, well, my mom was, my mom is Danish. So I have this, I have a Danish background. And then when I was finishing college, uh, you have to really make a big change in life anyway. So I thought I might as well just check out Denmark and just, just see how it is. And I lived at this, 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 it's a type of school that we don't have in the state. It's, it's called a hoy school, which is kind of like a high school, but it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a camp, like a summer camp, but a year long with, but, but academics. So you can, you go there to just kind of mess around with a bunch of different subjects. There's no tests. You just kind of get a feel for things. Most people do it right when they're after high school. People usually do it after high school, before college. So I was, so most people there were like 18, 19, I was 23. So a little bit older than most people. But anyway, I was there for a year and I just, I just loved it so much that I decided to stay. And, uh, and then I did my master's and PhD, which was, which was not the plan at all. I, I didn't have a plan, but I just, I just loved it so much. Uh, also, because I didn't know how Danish I was, because the way my mom raised me, I thought, well, this is just this is just normal. This is how you're raised. You know, all the thing you don't think about that the the way that you're raised is somehow different than you know other people think. This is everyone in the world is raised this way. And then, but then when I went to Denmark, you know, I saw like, oh, okay, now now I really get it. So I learned a whole lot about my mom, and I, just, and I totally fit in. And it just, it just, it just clicked. It was just, it was an effortless click and I, and I loved it. And, uh, and there's, there's been no going back. It's really interesting because you do have a slight accent. That's what I've heard. I, I mean, I can't, I can't hear it. And my parents can't hear it because, because they've been with me these 12 years over the transition. But if I see a friend who I haven't seen in a while, they will say that I, I do sound different now. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I can hear that it's, it's a tonal thing perhaps more than anything and a, and a clip and there's a clip in it as well. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know, but I, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, I think that people are, especially if you go somewhere when you're young, it's pretty easy to become a bit of a minor bird and just pick up cadence and tone. And probably also because since I've been speaking, my mom's been speaking to me Danish my whole life. Uh, when I when I came here, I, I picked up the language super fast. So there so there were situations where I was speaking more Danish, like if I, if I was in a relationship and that and they wanted to speak Danish, the people I speak mostly Danish with. So so there were times where I was speaking more Danish than English, and 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 so that probably facilitated the change in in, in the way that I spoke. You've been uh, assimilated. <laughs> I've been totally assimilated. Also, I studied. I really wanted to get good, so I took classes. That were equivalent to Danish uh, high school. So if I would, I, so if you want to study at the university in Danish, which I, I studied in English, but if you do want to study in Danish, you have to pass a certain exam that says you, you're you're at the high school equivalency test. And I and I passed that, so I, I so I studied a lot to get to that level. Uh, so so there's lots of reasons why uh, you know I probably have this accent now. That school you were talking about, where you get to study, I I got to do something akin to that it was in seattle it's called operation exploration oh, yeah yeah and it's a summer camp where you go and learn science all summer it, i was gonna say it sounds like a space camp like it totally sounds uh you know, it was like really cool yeah, yeah it was i loved it cool. 
we made, I remember one of the coolest things, we made a giant Jiffy Pop. You know, the Jiffy Pop that you put on the stove and it's got the tin foil. No, I, I don't. I... Yeah, it's a, uh, you, you stick, it's just a tin with popcorn and then it's got foil oh, over oh, it. Like, oh, like that. I was thinking, I was thinking, I was, yeah, to, of course I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we made, we made them in the, in the sun using conductors and stuff. And it's funny because I'd seen the movie, uh, um, real genius and they have a giant humongous one in that yeah, movie and i was I, like i've done that that's i know so what you're cool. talking about yeah that's cool <laughs> anyway very cool all right let's talk about childhood so you grew up with a what is your mom what's her career because i know your dad's a, a surgeon she was she was a flight attendant and that's how she from from then she moved to denmark to be a, a flight attendant and uh, for pan american back when when that existed um but then uh then when she met my dad she kind of stopped working yeah. and was just uh your dad's a charmer i could see him charmer. yeah he's a total yeah. charmer so she so uh she just enjoyed that lifestyle and uh and and, and took care of me and my brother so uh, yeah 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 okay and uh was it a fun childhood was it strenuous because i mean a surgeon father has got to be a bit intense even when you know for me meeting him totally different vibe than you being a child of him sure yeah well he was gone a lot. Uh, I mean, because one of those, just one of those surgeries takes like 12 hours or, or something ridiculous or, or even longer. I don't know. But anyway, he was gone all the time. So he was kind of absent until, you know, dinner time. And then I'd see him for dinner and then he, and he, and then he would go back to his office at home and work a lot. So in his effort to, to provide a, a wonderful lifestyle, there was, there was some absence, uh, which I, I thought that was fine because I just hung out with you know my mom and my brother. There's there's kids around, um, so I mean there's 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 advantages and disadvantages to to to, to whatever you do. And uh, he he loved me to death, but there was there was some absence there. Yeah, uh, my my dad was like that too. I mean, he worked nonstop. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know our generation. That's just what dads. Did. Yeah, but I can also understand like when you're a kid and you don't know what it, what it means to work, you, you're like, why do you work so much? But now when I do the things that I do and I have my passions, I'm like, I get it. Like I get like that's all. Yeah. all like I have my like I'm very happy to do that all day long. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to do other things. You know, like it's my when my friends ask me to go out to like I don't party that much anymore because it's it's such a distraction. It's like no, that's a whole night where I could be doing. Yeah, working on my thing, and then and then the next day you're hungover, and at my, my age, you're like two day hangover. So that's like yeah, oh, I know, so right? Like two days of wasted time that I would much rather work on my thing, and uh, so I get it. You know, you don't get it when you're a kid, but when you're when you're older, it's like I've relearned who my parents are oh. as I've been older because I'm like, yeah. okay, now now I get why you did the thing. Especially my mom living here in Denmark, like well, I well, both, not especially my mom both equally for different reasons. Um, my mom, you know, per, as a, like a person and who she is, but my dad as a, as a, as a working guy, like why, why are you so passionate about that and spend so much time on that? Like I get, I've learned who they are from just a whole new perspective. It's when we dismantle, you know, children looking at our parents as the end all be all. And when we get to a certain point where we can dismantle that and see them as human beings and their foibles and flaws and, and humanity and, that oh well if they screwed up here that's because they're 
human. Ah, you yeah, know? yeah. I remember the first time my dad said that someone else was stronger than him. I thought, what? Someone is strong. There's no way. I, I thought you were the strongest guy in the whole world. How is it even possible? Oh, uh, yeah. Do that because you think you think you think they're the the ultimate people. You know. I do. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. It's uh, it's a weird it's a weird place. It also it allows for a lot more forgiveness, which is nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's something I talk a lot about in this mental health thing. I do. I, I keep reminding people the importance of, of, of forgiveness and how, how we ourselves are not innocent. And of course, no, no one else is either. And, and, and it's such a freeing gesture for yourself and them to just be, you know, I forgive you for your faults, which aren't even necessarily faults. They're just you being a human, you know? Yeah. And I mean, forgiveness isn't a two way street either. It's a one way yeah. street. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really make a difference what the other person if you're ready to forgive that's that's all about you and a lot of times the other person doesn't even acknowledge yeah or they won't even know they're, or they're long gone even they're long gone yeah exactly yeah, there's so many different variable situations that they could be and it's just it's something i tell people it's not something that they that the person necessarily deserves but you deserve forgiving them yeah uh, because it, it's it's such a, a liberating there's so much anger or, 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 or a lot of terrible emotions that come from not forgiving. And you think that you're, you know, you're just or, or in, the, in the right place to hold on. And, and maybe you are, but either way, you're hurting yourself uh, holding on to that. I agree. I agree. Do you dual citizenship? I do have dual citizenship. Yeah. And the first time, when I first started traveling, I felt like almost like Jason Bourne because I would bust out different passports depending on you know where I was going and which line I wanted to get into and, and security and things. So, so I had the, I have two passports, which, which has made things so much easier as far as moving here, uh, buying an apartment, not having to figure out all, a lot, a lot of paperwork when you have, when you, you know, a permanent citizenship or residence or all sure. that. Stuff. I don't know anything about that stuff because I just, and, and, and when I got here, I wasn't in the, I wasn't really re registered in the system. So when I got here and I registered, I got flagged because in Denmark, uh, all, all males have to go to the military to pull a lottery number when they're like 18. Um, and it's a one in seven chance. And it's not like as, as crazy as it sounds. You just kind of, you know, at summer camp shooting rifles or, or whatever for like four months or I, I don't, I don't know the details, but then when I was, so when I was 23 or 24 and I registered, I had to go to the military to take a number because I, because I had data citizenship and, and I didn't even know what, like I had to go to this meeting with all these dudes and there was like a general, like talking about the whole thing. And I wasn't even good at Danish. And I didn't know what he was even talking about, but I still had to get, I still had to take a number and get a, and a doctor had to give me a physical. And all oh my gosh. So I got, I got a free number, but uh, like I pass. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, that, that, yeah. So it's a basis and you have to, it's, and that's different. Like that really blew my mind that that was a requirement it seems, it seems so foreign, like having to go to the military. It seems so, so like... Uh, yeah, but we're, we're, America's one of the few countries that don't do that, or one of the last countries. I guess we used to do that, but we certainly don't do it now. Yeah. And there's the arguments for, uh, there's the argument for, well, if we had that, maybe the powers that be wouldn't be so quick to send their children to war. However, they have money and they easily buy them out of those situations. So that's, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I bet you got a lot of marriage proposals when uh, a lot of the shit was going down here. So like, get a, oh, everybody's like, I'm going to go move to. 
everyone wants to come to Europe. Yeah, and then and then also Denmark and Scandinavia got a lot of press in particular because of socialism and how different that was and and, and a lot of things. So so there was a lot of attention. There was a couple of years ago a lot of attention on on Denmark, or maybe even still, but it, it, it's calmed down. But I, I remember a lot of people were inquiring about what's up with Denmark and. Yeah, because your incarceration system, your your healthcare system, your education yeah, system. Yeah, so many things are are free, which means that, and everyone's basically middle class. So what that means is you have you have a, a, a whole let's just say a world of middle class people, and they don't have any debt from education or healthcare. Which means everyone has a lot of disposable. Pretty much all your money is disposable income unless you're saving for something. Like which would only be an apartment or a house or something, um, and so there's this there's this there's this high quality of life thing going on where people do have money to go out in restaurants and, and they travel a lot, and because of that, there's also a lot less crime because no one's stealing from each other because everyone's doing just fine and everyone's on the same level. So there's a social cohesion, and it's just and and there's so there's there's street festivals and there's music things and there's free things all over the place and everyone's educated like having a master's degree is not even impressive at all because everyone has because <laughs> everyone has a master's degree like imagine like why would you leave college after your bachelor if you can just do it for two more years and just get a master for free like why, yeah. why would you be like no I, I'm gonna get out of this so every so everyone has a master's degree who wants who, who's in you know unless you go in another field another direction but everyone who goes to school has a master's degree. Uh, so they have really good, they have great drug programs there too, right? For people that have any kind of addiction issues. Aren't there really um, I don't know. I know I live, I live close to the red light districts and, and, and close to me, there's like a, it's called like the, the men's home where they, I don't know what goes on in there, but it, it's a, it's a, seems to be like a safe place for, yeah. for that. Um, and, I, and, I've, and 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 right you know right outside the street there's there's you know mothers with their, the the baby strollers and and there's parks around so it's not when you when when you make it so aware like obvious I'm not trying to hide it and say this is where it's going to be and we'll allow it here or whatever then it becomes fine and it's like okay well we know this is here and they're harmless even though you walk by and sometimes there's crazy stuff happening but it's but but it's harmless you know it's just it's just it's isolated there. Um, but as far, but so I I don't know if that's just recovery or mm. uh, or just kind of a place to to go. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, there, I think there's a lot of money going on into healthcare to help people with various sure. things, um, regardless of if it's if it's drugs or, or 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 other mental health situations. Is it strange when you get a, a large influx of of, for example, Americans who? Oh my God, the red light district. Let's go there. Is that a, is it, that must be weird to see. Cause I remember when I was graduating from high school, we went to Mexico and I remember having a conversation with um, someone there and they were saying, yeah, you know, Americans come and they go crazy. They get so drunk and they end up in jail and they, you know, pass out or they die or whatever. And in Mexico, we don't have that drinking age. So nobody really has an issue with it especially the youth don't have an issue with it because it's not this sacred 21 year old rite of passage, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, does it, do you see that happening there? Well, I know, I know that at Dane, they start drinking when they're, when they're like 13 or, or as soon as they want to, they start drinking and you can, and they can buy at the at grocery stores and they, they do that in high school and, and, and quite a lot. So I remember when I went, like when I was, when I was 23 and I, 
and I was in a fraternity, so I'd been drinking a lot in college. And so when I went to Denmark and lived in school with a bunch of 18 year olds, they could easily drink way more than I could, even though I had just been in a fraternity partying quite hard for five years or four years. So, and they were 18. And so that kind of shows like they're, they're, they've had a significant training from when, you know, <laughs> from a really young age. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, I guess when I knew, I, cause I was in this study abroad group when I came here that the Americans did want to see like that, that sort of thing. Cause that was, that was exotic. Um, so I, so I guess, so, so yeah, I guess that was interesting, but, but also they were most, the people that were, were gone, were the Americans I was with were also over 21. So drinking wasn't new for for that that crowd of americans that was with it's sex the red light district where you know women are doing this legally and some men i assume that that that's blows a lot of people's hair back it's really interesting. yeah i did actually yeah now that, now that you mentioned i did i when I, I did show these a group of americans when we walked down the street it was like like spot spot the prostitutes and they're like how do you spot the prostitutes it's like everyone who's just standing and not doing anything is a prostitute because because that's what they do they just stand there and then everyone else is moving but if someone is just standing there they're a prostitute and so it was it, so there was like some fun things that well they thought it was fun to to, to see this and it's harmless because i walk i walk down the street every day to go to go to central station but it is it is harmless and and, and yeah. you know it's it's, when it's it, just when a it's, job yeah, when yeah. Like, this is the place where it, where it's gonna be and you and you make it overly obvious it just becomes quite safe. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. No big deal. And there's kids, yeah. there's kids you know, it, it's really no big deal. I think there's a book in that says that the where's Waldo of sex workers spot the spot, the sex worker. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah you uh, can make one. You can do yeah, it. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. retirement. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, when my brother came, we played that game because he, uh, he, he didn't see prostitutes either. So it's like, well, let's walk down the street. And then you kind of spot them out. And so he would spot out the, if there was a girl who was really hot, I'm like, no, no, it's actually, it's actually not the ones that are really hot. It's a lot of other ones uh, that you would actually not really want to talk to. Like, oh, okay. oh. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure it's a, it's even in a place where it's legal, it's probably a, it's a lot of work. It's a, a hard life in some, some respects, um, yeah. in many respects, probably. Let's get back to you and childhood. When, oh, yeah. yeah, so you, you had issues with depression uh, from a young age. Yeah, well, I, I guess I guess just around the teenage age, like when, when you're going through all those changes and, and and moving schools, also because, well, that those changes were 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 quite difficult for me because of the the lifestyle that I had been accustomed to. I was quite protected and quite sheltered, uh, and everything was very much taken care of. So when I transitioned into when you go to te- start being a teenager and you start having to fight for yourself, I wasn't really prepared to do that. And for the first time in my life, things were not going well. And for the first time, you know, things like rejection and uh, from either uh, girls or social situations or, or or schools, applying to schools, like all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, things aren't just smooth sailing, even if you just because you show up with a smile on. So that was hard. And a couple of years before that, my, my parents got divorced. So that, that kind of, that totally shattered everything and, and, and disrupted my, the way that I, I thought of the world. Like how, you know, how can, how can something that's not, how can people, something that's supposed to be perfect all of a sudden collapse and, and we moved a bunch of times. So that was stressful and, uh, and, and I, traumatic, I guess if you want to say traumatic, but it, it either way moving around, it, it gave me a sense of, uh, 
like a, a placelessness because I, I didn't know where I belonged and where we moved houses and and my, my family was split and there was a lot of anger between them which which it, whether they meant to or I don't think they didn't mean it to but it did come into me and so that so, so now I was angry at both of them and I was just angry because of of, the, of my you know of your age when you're a teenager you're just angry at your parents anyway and you blame everything on them anyway well, and you're getting overdosed with testosterone. Yeah. So, yeah, so many things, uh, a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos. So, and that's just with the body and mind. And then, and then, you know, with family changes, school changes, things with girls, trying to get into a high school, not really getting the ones I want, having friends, leaving all them, starting over. It was, it was just a lot of, and then also, and then, but you know, everyone had to do most of those things. But the reason I think it really affected me was because I was raised so protected from things that 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 when it hit, it hit super hard because I didn't know how to. I didn't have the resilience to 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 deal with uh, opposition. Mm. Um, so that's, that's a great so- that's a great thing to bring up because these helicopter parents that you read about that shelter their children, do everything for their children. I'm, it comes from a place of love, of course, yeah. but it doesn't serve the child very much when they have to go out into the real world, which is a trash heap dumpster fire. I just published an article. I publish articles every now and then. I just published an article about uh, Denmark, which has ranked one of the happiest countries in the world, but it also is one of the highest antidepressants uh, rates in the world. All this, all the Scandinavian countries are in the top 10 in the whole world. And people can't really seem to figure this out. And I said, well, it's because the reason why it's, people are so sad, it, 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 the reason why there's so much sadness in a country that's so happy is exactly because it's so happy. So there are people that are sad because you're so, you're so protected. And then you, you make so, you make comparisons and you assume that everyone else is happy. But if something doesn't go well, you think, oh, it's, it's, it must be me. It can't be just, life it's, it's got it's like you take it extra personally and make this comparison that oh i'm in i'm in the happiest country in the world i'm the only one that's not happy so therefore and so and when you when when you're taken care of with all these resources exactly like how i was taken care of with my parents the country takes care of its people and so they don't have the resilience to to kind of fight or 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 or, or, or uh, deal with opposition and so they think, well, the, let's just take antidepressants. That, that'll solve that. That that because because there's nothing wrong with my situation. It must be me. It must be my. It must be my mind. So therefore, antidepressants will, will solve that problem. Rather oh, than fascinating. Thinking, yeah, rather than thinking, oh well, sadness is coming, and that's fine. So I'm just going to deal with the sadness and 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 build mental resilience, and mental strength. They don't want to. People don't want to. People, especially especially now with cell phones and everything being so fast and technology is like, you, we don't have time to work on mental exercises. So we'll just take a pill. But yeah. It's just like, if you want to have a good body, you, you spend a, or build your athleticism. You spend a lot of time doing physical exercises. If you want to have mental strength, you have to, you have to be, you have to spend time doing mental exercises too. And if you don't, that your, your strength atrophies and then anything can, can just knock you over and defeat you. And instead of putting the effort into wanting to build that, you'll just you'll just jump to antidepressants because that's a that's, that sounds like a quick fix. That's so wild to think about uh, an entire populace who is so well cared for, and it speaks a lot to the human condition of how 
<laughs> we look for trouble. But I no. think the nature of the human is in a lot of ways self-sabotaging. That's yeah, something yeah. you have to grow to grow out of. Um, and it's a default, it seems like, for a lot of human beings. And I always figured people were depressed there because of the weather being uh, because it's dark so much. Well, I, I, and it's and it's hard for me to, to say definitively that it's not, you know, I, I, don't, I can't isolate a variable, but I'm just, sure. I'm just based off of what I know. I mean, it's, if you look at it at a micro scale of the, 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 the house and the lifestyle. It makes I sense. In, and why I became quite prone to depression because of how protected I was. And then yeah. on a macro scale of the country and the way it treats its people, mm -hmm. the, everything is very analogous just you know that your your financial system and education healthcare uh people taking care of you you know disposable income it's all it's all equal but on different scales if that, if that makes sense and so i think well the reason i got the way i was it just it just it just seems like it fits and i think i think the, the seasonal affective disorder it's just kind of an easy uh i must be that Although I don't know, I get it. I when I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, and when I go home to visit, and it's five straight gray days, I think, oh God, sure, so I'm sure. And, and and that's why I cannot say that it's not that. But it's yeah, just, I think it's probably a mix of everything. But if what you say makes complete logical sense, that yeah. I, if everybody threw out their cell phones and didn't have any contact with the outside world and became a brigadoon or something. Uh, it would be interesting to see if they would still default to that because we are bombarded constantly with our phones and our computers and our televisions about all the bad news in the world. And if you have an, an ounce of empathy in you, it would be very hard to not feel terrible about the world and then have that internalized if you don't have the mechanisms to get it out. Yeah. And not only the negatives, but also you're actually, you're also comparing yourself to, you're com also comparing the best in others with the worst in yourself. Because mm. when you go on Instagram or all these things, everyone's mm. just projecting the best of themselves. And then you're sitting there in your underpants looking at, the, at these people and you're like, damn it, I, you know, like they're just, it just, the contrast is so, so different that it, that, it, that makes you think that that contrast is real, even though it's just, you're just, you're just taking two, 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 op uh, two opposites and comparing them, but, but they, but they have, everyone's going through all these things too, but you, but you don't see that. So well, we even know that it's fake. We know that they fake all those pictures and all that glamour sure. and all that, everything, all, everything is, is not real. We know that. And yet yeah. knowing that is still not enough to get the brain to not be it's like, not but enough. I could be, but I could be faking that picture yeah. in the Ferrari. Or it's, not, it's not enough. Our, our emotions will easily override logic. Any yeah. day, Damn it. Any day, you know, <laughs> even if you have like a, our, our, our emotions will even take a memory of the past, which is fixed and then we'll change it. Like, Oh my God, what if, what if something terrible happened? And when we, and we panic ourselves, even though it's in the past and we know for a fact that it didn't go that way, we'll still create this whole world and, 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 and freak out over yeah. something that for sure is not true. So uh, interesting. So our, our mind, our mind is quite, it's good. There's a lot of religions called the mind of the deceiver because this is what it does. It loves to take things and wherever you are weakest, weak, weakest, it will, it will alter. It will use that against you. Just like if you, if you want to tickle somebody and you, then you take a little on their, on their, on their neck and nothing happens. You'll go to the side, nothing happens, but if you go to the armpit and they squeal, you give it, you give the armpit a hundred percent. You don't go to the other places, you know? So your mind knows exactly. So it, you get a lot of thoughts 
And a lot of these things have no meaning for you. So it's like, okay, whatever. Like, oh, your car, does that mean anything for you? No, okay, not your car. Oh, your body, uh, your money. Oh, money? Oh, and then it'll just like, oh, money, money, money. And then it'll make you think about money all the time. Like whatever your thing is and just warp everything against you to, to, to give you so much agony about that one thing. But it's mm. all up to you. It's like you, you've decided what the thing is and now your mind, the deceiver, will, will turn everything against you with that. Anxiety is a tickle monster. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. I read your article about gas, the brain as a gaslighter, our you own did. brains okay. gaslighting us. I thought, yeah. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But it, I mean, when you, when it, like mental health, it seems a lot of people make it very complicated, but you can actually, you can make it really simple and make, make it really obvious. Like just look, look how your mind is doing all these things to you that you don't think about. But when you, when you just, when you, I just, I mean, the article is quite, simple i think and it just everyone said it's so obvious and i never really thought about it but it, it it just really exposes how how the mind loves to mess with you for no reason just for fun and okay? fear That's fear and anxiety are the same they're in bed together right all, oh, all those yeah. things all that yeah. is on the, it's the same scale so all that, yeah yeah it just yeah exactly it'll come, it'll come in different ways like anxiety doesn't have that you know didn't have too much power over me but 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 depression did and like anger that can't even really touch me that I very rarely get anger, angry, but some people will get angry and they won't get sad. So it just, it'll come. It's, it's basically just this heat. There's this heat inside you and it will find whatever channel, whether it's lust or drug use and addiction or online shopping, violence, comparison, power, competition, fight, you know, all, all these things. Most of those have no power over you, but one of them definitely does. And that heat will come out through that channel mm. uh, or maybe two, but, it, but, it, but it's basically the same thing as, as this internal frustration. Some people hurt others. Some people hurt themselves. Some people use others. Some people abuse themselves. It just, it's, it's literally the same thing. So when I help these people, they like to go on their back, like all bunch of backstory. And I'm like, I actually don't need your backstory. Cause I just know pain. And now you're here. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, we have to just change the way you're thinking. We, all the, the whole backstory doesn't isn't actually too important for, for for me to be able to help you change the way you're thinking and and bring some peace into your life. Were you suicidal as a teenager? Did you did you attempt suicide or was it just thoughts? No, yeah, I did. I did when I was uh uh I go I guess it was a week before my 16th birthday. I tried to kill myself. I had I had a, I had a good friend and we were gonna we were gonna do it together. But then he but he but he backed out, which is fine. Um, so then I, so, so yes, I, I took, I took a lot of pills. I took 140 Tylenol PM with, with vodka. I think it was T totally amazing that I, that I survived, but I guess I would, you know, it's having a young body, 15 year old body. I was able to do that anyway, but then I was hot. I was in a hospital for a week and then I was in a mental hospital, like a San Francisco mental hospital for a month. And then they sent me to a lockdown institution for a year in Utah and then I went to a, a therapeutic boarding school also in Utah to kind of step, step down uh, because lockdown, like a year of lockdown institution, it was, it was really intense. So there's this, there's this school, like it was like a step down program where it's kind of therapeutic. Well, it's definitely therapeutic, but you're allowed a little bit more freedom to kind of transition. Because even, even after that, when I went back to high school, that was so much of a culture shock, just being like a normal person. Um, but yeah, so, so I was, uh, after my suicide attempt, and it was only that only that one uh, attempt. Um, yeah, I was I was in treatment for two years. 
What was the lockdown experience like? Is that just therapy nonstop? I and mean, lockdown sounds pretty intense. Yeah, well, it's called it's called a lockdown uh, residential treatment center, um, and uh, yeah, it is. It was. It is really intense. Like, it's it's not you know a place you go just to hang out. You know, it's you're locked in. Like when I got there, I was strip searched. Uh, they went through all, everything and turned every, all the all my pockets inside out. They opened the pens to make sure there's nothing in the pens. Like there's they're not messing around um, because you can any you can use anything to hurt yourself, like a staple. That can you could easily just a staple. You could you know so you gotta be really careful. Um, and I had to take a take a, a shower with a special shampoo. You know, so that's a whole. It's a, it's, it was quite serious, and then uh, sounds like prison. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, in some ways, it, it was, and 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 there's a lot. Of, this one particular school I went to. Now, I saw recently a lot of articles have come out where people didn't like it because it was too much like prison. I really liked it. I, I not in the beginning, but I, I got so much out of it. It was such a life changing thing that uh, experience. I I loved it because uh, because it worked. It it totally worked for me. Was it just intense therapy every day or? Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah, would wake up, yeah, six or seven and then, and then clean um, the, the hall. And then we'd have a one or two therape- therapeutic groups uh, before, um, before lunch. And then we'd have, and then school was actually only like until from 12 to five, it was, it was very minimal. And it was everyone, and it was very, the quality wasn't that good because there's only, you had to, everyone was taking the same classes. So the, from age 14 to 17, everyone had to be on like a 14 year old level, I guess. I don't know if that's totally true, but it wasn't really getting that great of an education. And then after, and then, so at five, you have dinner and then, and then there'd be another one or two therapeutic groups after that. And then there was therapy all weekend. So I think, I think at the time I calculated, it was like 70 hours of therapy every week. Uh, and then there's also, you have that, you have a primary therapist. So you have, you have an individual therapy and then you have family therapy that which rotates between your parents and the divorced every other week. And then there's group therapists with the other, there's a hundred, there's like 120 people at this place, 60 guys, 60 girls. And you're on a team of 20, uh, 10, 20 guys. And you're pretty much only with them. Rarely do you start interacting with the other guys. And even more rarely are you with, do, do, do anything with the girls. Um, but there were some therapeutic groups where we would, we would mix. Like I was in a, I was in a group called co-ed group where it was like, if you want to have, uh, do, work on your issues with, how to communicate with the the other gender or or, or, or sexuality or or whatever uh, rejection you talk about that in this group, which was once a week. So I was I was in that group. Um, there was also an aban- like an abandonment group. There's a lot of drug groups. Like most people were there for drugs. They're very. I was one of the few people who had never done drugs uh, in there. Um, and uh, it's just, I mean, it, it, there just anything you can think of. People were in there for everything. There's, there was nothing, like nothing, is is weird anymore. Like some people try to, I remember right, right with some of the people in my group in this in this online thing that I'm building, which we can talk about later. So I can tell some people are trying to like shock me with craziness. I'm like, that's not that's not crazy at all. Like you know, like every, nothing nothing is weird anymore because I've just heard so many incredible stories of, of people's backgrounds and and what they've endured. Did you make uh, lifelong friends in there? Uh, well, what is I mean, lifelong. There's people that I'm still friends with on Facebook, and and but we, but I don't really talk. I don't really talk to too many people in the states just in general anymore, actually. But we're still really close. I mean, if we if I saw these people or or talked to them uh, on Facebook, it would be like 
nothing happened. You know, like we were yeah. still, so we're still in touch on on Facebook, whatever that means. You know, <laughs> you know, we're we're close, but I haven't seen them in like twenty years, or you know, so so yes and no, I, I suppose. Um, but I mean, they're wonderful. They're totally. I mean, yeah, it's totally some of the, some great people, especially because yeah. a lot of the people in the lockdown went to the therapeutic boarding school. Like it was kind of like a package deal for a lot of people. So I was with some of these people for two years. Mm. Um, was the boarding school then? Did you do things like horseback ride and swim? And, and yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, exactly. We 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 had uh, there were. It was very much structured like the lockdown, where we'd clean and then have therapeutic groups. And school was kind of like a, a middle area. But then, but then there, but there were things like let's let's go out into the into Utah and do stuff you know so there was like a skiing group so during the winter i skied a lot um i think there was an equestrian group uh there was camping there was uh, a mountain like a mountaineering thing even there was there was a lot of things to be a more like a normal person while still having everyone had a, ther- a therapist everyone we had a group therapy all the time uh, so so there it was just a, a, a combination of let's get you out in the world but we're still going to keep an eye on you type of thing. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Did you know when you went off to college then that you wanted to make mental health uh, your forte? Well, I, I, I wanted to do something with it, but I didn't, I didn't know how. So I actually, when I went to, when I went to college, I started studying accounting, which was a terrible idea. And I, <laughs> and I, was, I was really bad at it. I got terrible grades. I didn't like it, but I don't know why I thought, I thought, Oh, I'll go to LA and, do business and I like math. So it just seemed, it seemed like that's what I should do. And then I did after three years, I was like, no, this is, this is awful. This is so bad. I was trying, I was trying to force it so hard. And then I was like, why, why, why do this? So I switched out of psych, uh, accounting to psychology after my third year, after my junior year. So then I was, I did summer school, like full, like all the classes I could possibly take during summer school. I filled up my, my curriculum every single semester to be able to finish uh, a degree in psychology within five, within the five year time. So I was just like super saturated with, with classes. Um, but I would pull it off, but, but, but it took, it took a while of me trying to just force something that I felt like I should do. But then even when I was doing psychology, I, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do or how, or how to do it. Um, I didn't have a plan. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't had, I haven't had really much of a plan. Things, things don't really go according to plan. So I just kind of you know, <laughs> go in a direction and see what happens. And, and, and then, you know, because then when I went to Denmark, I thought, Oh, maybe I'll get a master's degree in psychology. And that's how I'll start my uh, license. But then the, but, but I, but I couldn't study psychology because of a language barrier at the time. Um, I didn't, I didn't hadn't passed that student exam and the Dan and psychology in Denmark is in Danish. So I did another type of psychology that was more technical. And that's how I got into uh, neuroscience and brain computer interfaces, which is what I did my PhD in, uh, which is totally not involved, uh, related to, you know, therapy. Um, so I've, I've, I've been wanting to get involved in mental health, but I haven't really known how to. And I've been trying lots of things and, and just getting resistance. And just like, oh, it's been really frustrating until these last few months, things have been going really well. And uh, it's very exciting. Um, Oh. Did I see correctly that you wrote a dissertation about emojis? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, because I because the the people that sponsored my PhD was it was a language. It's called the Department for Language Technology, 
And so I want to use psychology and language technology. And since uh, language is evolving, I want to study, well, can we incorporate emojis in text as a way to facilitate understanding? Because there's so much, there's so much uh, meaning that is missed uh, in, in just a text message, uh, especially if you've got some kind of uh, mental issue where, where, you, where you, you, you really rely on body language. So I did all sorts of experiments incorporating various emojis in different places in text and analyzing, does this actually help uh, the, uh, uh, you in, in, in perceive or understanding the, the context of the situation um, using measuring various neurological signals? But uh, so how often, how often did the eggplant get used? <laughs> oh, no, I know. I just I just kept it simple. I just used I just used this various a couple smileys because even that even just the different smileys that gave, there was way too personal. So, so it was actually quite hard to control um, because everyone had a different opinion about what something meant. Oh, uh, fascinating. So, yeah, which, which, and that makes sense because even our body language, when we do, when we have gestures, what that might mean to you and you and I would mean totally different, something different to a different culture. So, so that was actually quite difficult to control and got me, a, it really gave me a difficult time with a lot of my experiments uh, because I just assumed that, you know, one of these faces, that's what this means and everybody understands that. But then I found out later that the, the opinions were totally different and that, and that, that really messed with my results. Um, so it was, it was quite difficult, but, uh, it was a fun, it was a fun three years and I got, and that's how I got really involved in, in working with neuroscience technology, uh, and, uh, which was uh, important in my career later, but, uh, certainly yeah, in sure. the, in the future that's coming neuroscience technology. I mean, it's the stuff that Elon Musk is talking about with the implantation of neural yeah. translinks and all that. And that's, yeah. that's I, a, I, that's a big science coming up and slightly terrifying. But. Yeah, I know. I wrote, I actually wrote a book about how that, about this sort of thing, like back when I was in college, it's called the matrix has you where I wrote about how brain computer interfaces and virtual reality, they were, they were going to merge and, and this thing was going to happen. And everyone thought I was, thought I was crazy. It was, it was a very technical book. It's not like a story totally technical about how, how this was going to happen and, and no one took me seriously and now it's definitely happening and, and it, it's happening exactly like how i said it was what's the book called it's called the, the matrix has you or the matrix yeah the matrix has you because i use i use the, the the film matrix as just a yeah. frame of reference so so while i'm talking about these technologies that no one's heard of i'm, I'm relating it to the matrix which people would understand so I'm like, okay so this is this is what i mean you see in the movie the matrix this happens okay so this technology you can have an ocular implant that changes, you know, what you see and, and auditory implants and, and all these essentially things in virtual reality and goggles and put them all together and essentially, and, you know, take Google Earth, put it all together make it 3D, which they're doing. And now you got the matrix. And that's basically what I said with also robots and artificial intelligence and autonomous vehicles. I was saying how all this stuff was going to happen. But that's also why I really like neuroscience technology. And, and, and I've had several jobs working with neuroscience tech. Um, and virtual reality because it's super cool. I think that's the future. I mean, it is the future. It's it's not, it's not even. I wonder if this is the future. Like it's a full. Like everyone knows now that it's, it's the sure. present. In fact, yeah, it's the present. It's the present. Um, so so I think what Elon's doing is is super exciting, and uh, uh, I can't. I actually can't wait to see see to, to see it take off. Would you get a, a neural implant? I don't, I don't think not right now. I mean, I have, I have actually, I have a device here and, and I, and I work, I'm about to, I'm about to start a new job with, with a com on, on Monday with a company that makes their own uh, neuro uh, headsets. Uh, but it's not something that I would buy now for myself. It's, it's too, it's too, uh, 
it doesn't do enough stuff. Doesn't seem too useful, um, but it's but it's very cool and it is very exciting. Uh, I just think about. I actually I had um, Dr. Moran Surf on the show, and he talked a lot about brain hacking, and we we touched a little bit on the neural implants and the possibilities of those being hacked. Yeah. That's a lot to take in, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can easily turn everybody into a drone or have people do things uh, against their will and not even remember it. If you can erase them, I feel like we're there already. We don't even need a neural implant for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can already control people. So yeah, yeah. yeah good, good point. It's called the internet. It's called the internet. Yes, and marketing and politics and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, already. <laughs> well that's fascinating congrats on the new job that's exciting yeah, yeah, very excited. Yeah. yeah i'm sure now that your now your book is probably being read by people and people are thinking oh this guy was way ahead of his time i i, I doubt it because i only had i was in college at the time so i didn't i couldn't really no one no one took i, I i'm not I'm, I'm not marketing it at all so i, I, don't, I don't think anybody I don't think your dad is that. proud of it. He showed it to my it. Dad is proud of it. That's true. Yeah, my, my my parents are my biggest fans, which is which is the only fans that I need. Also, so I'm, that's right. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, so do you do you do uh, impatient things? Are you seeing patients, or is all your work academic? What is what's your work? I know that you're doing stuff with depression. So, well, let's get into that as well. So maybe a, a segue. Uh, I'm not. I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing any inpatient stuff. Uh, I started I, while I've been doing my career in, in neuroscience tech. I've been wanting to get into mental health, and I didn't know how. And then uh, last, at the end of last year, I found this uh, social media platform called The Mighty, which apparently is, I guess, the, the biggest in the world. They have. Two, they say they have two million users. So I thought, oh, this seems like. An interesting place. I'll start writing write some articles, and that 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 one that you mentioned about the, the gaslighting. I think that was the very first one I wrote, um, and it got so many likes just by strangers. Like if I put something on Facebook and I get likes, it's like oh, it's my friends. So it's like okay, that doesn't really who cares. But this was it was it was strangers who I had no idea. They didn't know who I was. I knew they were. There was no information. They just it was all like it was all about the, the quality of, of what I wrote. And it was really inspiring. I was like, okay, well, if a lot of, you know, 500 people in just a couple of days like this one article, and I have so many more articles to, to, in me. So then I started producing a couple of articles and getting a lot of positive feedback. And I thought, well, well how, do I, how about I start building like some actual interaction with these people? So then you, the, the platform works, you can kind of post things just like on Facebook. So I started posting just little mindfulness tips, just just one a day, nothing too, nothing too crazy, just just to start opening, opening up this dialogue and it, that really hit off. And so now I started doing, I did that. I started doing that in April, just, just four months ago. And now there's, now I have three and a half thousand people following me on this thing, just on my, you know, on this, in this, on my, on my mindfulness quotes and advice. And I'm getting hundreds of messages publicly and privately about low risk and high risk mental health things. And, uh, and I'm spending hours on this thing every day, just, just talking to people, and it's and it's sounds it's, like a healthy Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it is. It is. It, it, it's it's that's that's exactly. And they have they have moderators. Like the the staff is is keeping an eye on everything and making sure that nothing is is inappropriate. And if 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 if, if, if an advertisement goes on, it gets flagged and removed. And if if you know if there's anything that's vulgar or sexual or 
or I don't know, too triggering. Uh, it, they'll, they'll, the moderators are, are, are very on top of it. So, so it's, it's exactly, it is basically a Facebook. It is, it's a mental health. I mean, it's for mental health. It's a, it's a Facebook for mental health. Um, it's or, just the mighty.com. My, yeah, the mighty.com. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even only mental health. It's also, you know, people who have cancer and they just, they want to have a group of people who have cancer and then talk to it or, or arthritis or, or, autoimmune disease i mean there's things that i didn't even know existed there's, I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking to so many people there's you know there's it seems like there's an unlimited thing amount of things that can go wrong with your mind and body and and, and so <laughs> i'm talking to all these and all these people are joining my group and uh which is wonderful but it, it's, it's it's getting i mean it's getting to be a lot because i do answer every single message i get well that's not true because messages get lost in within the messages so i can't actually respond but but I try. I'm doing my best to respond to everything, um, and I and I love it. Like I, I can't. I can't get enough. Like I'm. Like I'm. I'd much rather spend you know Saturday night talking to depressed people than go out partying. You know, it's just it's it because also I can help people. Like I eat some. You know, there's there's people with with suicide. You know, who are who who raise a, a concern that they're at suicide risk, and they write me, and I've been able to de-escalate situations in just like five text messages. Just just not even long. Just. In yeah, a couple of minutes, and not even not even me stressing like just while I'm eating my dinner or something, just like with one hand, like let me de-escalate the situation. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it, it's just well. Also, know. you've you've been there. You know yeah. that mindset, which yeah. Well, yeah. gives you a superpower. Yeah. Well, yes, and and I think that's one of the reasons is it's is that I it, a lot of people in mental health are actually struggling themselves. Sure, and they, they want help. Which is, of course, wonderful, but but it but it has some problems similar to if you're on an airplane and there's a gas and, and they say, oh, if the gas comes down, like you know, the gas mask comes down, you need to put it on yourself first, right, or someone else. Like you, if you can't swim, you can't jump in the water and help someone who's drowning. Although people do, right, and then yeah, everyone yes, drowns. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. So a lot of people with mental health problem, you know, with depression, are trying to help people with depression, and it's just not working. I yeah. Think. So they want I, to use that as a conduit for themselves. Like you see a lot in mental health. We talk about that on the show a lot is that uh, people are drawn to those things that they themselves are trying to touch when they're not ready necessarily to touch it in themselves. They use the others as a, as totally. an avatar, if you will. Totally. And so you can see this effect. If you go on the mighty, you can see that everyone who's trying to help is also very still suffering. They're still very much in it. And I am definitely past it. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, and I know how to get past it. And so I'm coming in with a totally different perspective and energy and attitude than everyone else. And that's how I can, I can just get these, like, I can just knock, like knock them out. Let's just, let's just assembly line all these people out of their depression. It, because it's also my, my approach is just, it is different than what everyone else is doing. And it, and it just, and it just, it just, it's obvious. It's just so obviously working. Um, and that's why the numbers are going up as, as quickly as they are. The articles, I'm also publishing articles. Those are doing very well. Um, that's great. Are you going to write another book, you think? Yeah, well, I also want to write a, uh, publish a memoir about what it was like to be in lockdown um, for, uh, yeah, just the, I don't think I'll go into the, 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 what do you call it? The step down boarding school, but, but just that one lockdown, I think that'd be very interesting. And then I can really just unload some, some good mindfulness, mental health advice. You know, it won't be so much about the story. The story of course is important, but it's really like, so 
if you read this, by the time you've, you're done reading the story, you've also actually gone through the transition of, of <laughs> like, you've gotten the therapy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, so you've gotten all the advice. It's not just like me. It's not about me, me, me. It's like you'll be in the driver's seat getting the therapy because it doesn't matter what your actual issues are. It's about changing your perspective and how you, how you deal with, with, with hurtful thoughts. Yeah. And, that, and that's how I can assembly line these things because, it, because I don't go into details about who rejected you or who abandoned you or who hurt you or who hit you or who did these things. It's like, okay, pain. And now we're here. Like just, you know, just, it just, you put it in as simple as there was pain, trauma, fine. Now let's get past it. Let's just, now let's, we can actually get rid of it. Um, which it's probably I'm, trickier with people that have um, brain chemistry issues. Uh, yeah, probably. But even then I'll, I'll still have the same approach. Uh, a lot of people are resistant to it too. Like some people will even fight me. Like people will come to my group for help and I'll say, okay, you can get past this. And then they'll start fighting me. Like, they, like people don't want to yeah. let go, you know? It's, well, even sadness is comforting, right? Fear is comforting. Hate yes. is comforting. And these yeah. are all comforting emotions if you're used to having them. Yeah. So we, so we stick to what's familiar and that's, and that's why people uh, continue to have abusive relationships because they know how that dynamic works and it's mm-hmm. safe. You know, they might be getting hurt or they are getting hurt either physically or emotionally. They understand it and we like to predict and, 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 have some kind of control. The devil you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the same thing with our depression or, or, or anxiety or anger. Like if I said you can actually let it go, people would almost feel naked. Like, well, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Who am, I, who am I supposed to be now? Or they're so used to thinking a certain way that they don't actually believe that it's possible to let go. A lot of people with mental health will say that it that you can you can't be a hundred percent cured. But I'm, but I'm, I'm keep saying you can do it. Like you can do it. You can do it. Like there's, there's no limit to what you can do. You can, you can get past. Every, it's already gone. Like, what do you mean? It's art. Like the past is already gone. It's, the past isn't 99% gone. It's the past is right. gone, you know, right. and, and, and people don't want to accept this because we, we hold on to our, our story and it's, we have so much pride, even if it's painful, it's like, oh, this is my, this is my story. And I did all these things. And, and I'm like, and it's, I, I can't just let go. Like that's who I am. And, so, so every now and then someone is just, it was just ready to drop, drop it all. And, and you can see it and it's really beautiful. Like just, they just click and it's all gone. And, and they start saying, speaking in a way that's like, almost like a child with a whole new perspective of life is now a, a game. Uh, but then there's also most, most people like, oh, they, 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 they're not really ready. They want to get help, but they want to get help in a way where they can still hold on or still engage in their bad habits which is understandable, but that you're, you're not going to be able to transcend whatever your, your, your issue is. If you still want to participate in it, you really got to let it go, which is super hard. Cause that's unfamiliar territory. It's scary. You know, even if you, if you, even if you leave your apartment without a cell phone, some people feel naked, or if you, if you go without a purse, you know, you feel, or a computer, you feel like, Oh, I feel naked, you know? Uh, and, and it's, it's the same thing with your emotional baggage. If you, if you just, if you let it go, it's quite a, it's like it's this, this leap of faith into unknown that, that really creates a lot of resistance. I often wonder if people could see the phone as having a vein or something that, that weaves into your own vein, if they would be more apt to leave it behind in cases, you know, like to, do you know what I'm saying? Like if they could see what it actually is, oh, the spider yeah, web so, of how it yeah. is connected to you. Um, it would probably creep people out enough that they'd start leaving it at home. It, I mean, it, 
again, you, but I think this is logic. Like it makes sense that people would do that. But think about it, even even people who have heroin addiction. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. They're still doing it. There's yeah. great neuro, there's great research about that. There's a, a book by uh, Dr. David Reddish, and the, I can't recall the name of the book right now, but it's Dr. David Reddish, and he talks about how humans know that they're doing something that is not good for them, and yet they will still overwrite the that program oh. into doing things that they know are harmful. Yeah, totally. There's yeah. a lot of research about that these days. Yeah, we love we love hurting ourselves. It's such an interesting phenomenon, and it, and it, it, when it's so obvious, and you know, like I'm I'm going to do something that is not good for me, but you you do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's. So I'd like to think that if there was some kind of vein, you know, cell phone vein, that people are like, okay, yeah. not good. But I don't think so. I think yeah, you like, don't I, think I don't so. Care. I don't yeah. care. Like, I, I'm, I'm just doing it just as much. I, I really think that uh, people have their vices and they don't want to let go. What do you recommend for parents who have children that are going through stuff that don't have the resources to send them to camps like you went to or lockdowns uh, like you went to? Um, well, there are so many wonderful resources online. There's so many mental health mindfulness teachers that just, just have these sessions uh, where they talk about how to, how to battle your thoughts. And I think, well, one thing that I've noticed a lot is I reach out to a lot of people in, this, in, in the Mighty and just saying, hi, I, I see that you, 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 you're either profiled to something about depression or you made a post about depression. I get, like, I, I get you. I'm not here. And I get such a positive response. Everyone thinks they're alone or like they think they're the mm. only one. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important first to let people know that these sort of things like your mind, your mind attacking you is very normal and it's totally human. And it's definitely, it's definitely part of the process of, 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 of growing up and, and becoming who you are is that the battle, the internal battle, you versus yourself. And that it's okay to talk about this. You're not alone. Like it, it, you can pretty much say everyone is going through this and the more awareness you have of, of the mechanisms of, of the mind trying to work against you, the more, just like the gaslighting article, the more you can see that these things are happening, the more you can be like, oh, I'm not, okay, that, that symptom, I recognize that. Instead of, and then you can put some distance between you and, and that rather than, rather than attaching to whatever negative thought pops up in your head. So if, if I, think, I think we really need to be talking about mental health as, as soon as we can, uh, in, 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 you know, first, second, third grade, whatever, it's talk about how the mind works, dark thoughts, painful thoughts. And then at that age, you don't need to get to anything grotesque, but you still talk about negativity and how that's just a thought. And you, yes. don't, have to, you don't have to purchase every thought that comes in. doesn't mean that it's true. Your mind lies to you all the time. And to be, and to be aware, like, oh, what did, you know, just kind of have show and tell. You'd be like, well, what did your mind lie to you about today or whatever? Like, and just like, just so you have this, a healthy skepticism towards the negativity of your mind. And then, and then as you mature and as that gets stronger and and then you'll start having, you know, the most terrible thoughts of your life, which is totally normal. Then you'd be like, Oh yeah, but that's, that's still just mind activity. I don't have to believe this thought of me not being good enough for me, not being good looking, or I'm never going to make it, or I can't do it or nobody likes me or all yeah. these things that can get you. Um, and there's, 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 and, and, and so if we start at an early age, I think that'd be great. If, if you're what any other age is also, I mean, I, I watched, I have a, a mindfulness teacher who I watch every single day. His name is Muji. His videos, the most beautiful videos about, 
about what to do when your mind is attacking you and, and to let the Muji, M-M-O-O-J-I. Um, there's also a guy named Eckhart Tolle who's been on Oprah several times. It's the same, it's the same thing. They just have the different styles, but it's the same thing of just this thoughts and what to do with thoughts and that they don't actually have the power over you that you think that they do. And you can start practicing uh, not uh, letting them hurt you and then they and then and they can just kind of come and then you see oh they're just there's just thoughts coming and I don't actually have to feed them with attention I can just just let it let it go and the more you do that the more you'll experience peace in your life and silence and peace of mind and presence it has all these you know all these words of oneness present you know uh, that. But it's the same thing, just silence and peace of mind is what we're all going for. Because there's so much noise in our head and just so much violence and there's a whole battle going on in our head. And it's driving us nuts because we're engaged. And if you can take a step back and just be okay, there's just going to be some kind of violence over here and some nonsense over here. But I don't have to engage. It, it, starts, to, it starts to quiet down. And even when it says, you're an idiot, you're ugly, like, no. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not listening to that. Get out, you know, like you, you can kind of just like brush, brush it off kind of, you know. I think that's a fantastic practice to say, what lies did my mind tell today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. That's an yeah. excellent advice, I think. Because there's a million, you've, you've had a thousand, 10,000 thoughts. A lot of them have been quite negative, um, most likely. And we could be from, you know, Start of well, the first thing could be you should you should hit the snooze button today. That's probably you know instead of instead of getting up uh, and then don't don't exercise or or don't eat healthy or you know very simple things to oh that person across the street just looked at you because you're an idiot or or you know ah you know you know you're totally gonna have a bad day at work today and uh, that your assignment you failed or whatever. It's like whoa 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 calm down mind like I'm like that's just you're just making this up and the more. Because you can easily have those thoughts and believe it, and then your whole day is ruined. But if you if you can see, okay, your mind is just doing this, you can be like, you know what? Actually, bring it on! Like, throw your best punch! Like, I like you can say the worst things to me, and I know that it's not real. Like, you can actually switch it and be like, uh, throw your best punch. And then when you can get that far, then you're very free because then mm. then you don't have to say no. You can be like, so what? You're just a thought. It is just a thought. Uh, and then you're quite more at peace with who you are and, and your situation in life. Um, and you can do this for free. So, so as you said, what would parents do for the children who can't afford this? Every, all of this is for free. You don't need to spend any money on, on any of this mental health stuff. I, everything that I do on the mighty totally for free. There's no ads. I'm getting nothing. Uh, the, I'm, I don't have a product. I don't have a website. I don't have anything. Uh, and that, that goes for everybody on the money. It's all for free. I mean, there's resources everywhere. The guy Muji, it's all for free. Eckhart Tolle, it's all, there's, there's more hours of both of them on YouTube than you're ever going to watch <laughs> totally for free. And that's just two teachers. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's lots of other teachers. So Ram Das uh, is a great one. Ram Das, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's, I saw it when I first heard Experiments in Truth, I got it on Audible years ago. And now I listen to it every, it's once a year I listen to it. And to just as a reminder, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's great but, stuff. But then, but then also, I mean, why just once a year? I mean, I do this. I mean, how I exercise 
regularly, but why don't we, you know, physical exercise, why don't we also mental health exercise? Oh, I do other stuff, but that's, that's a touchstone for me. I go back to it once a year and I listen to the alchemist, uh, twice a year. That's one of my most favorite books. And it is very powerful to me in a, in that same idea. It's that being holding hands with the universe to, to be bigger than your thoughts. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yes, that, that's what surrender is. Is just and just this is the this is the the situation that the universe is in, and to resist that is insanity because it is that the, the world the world is this. And when you want things to be different, of course there's going to be tension. So surrender is like holding hands with the universe. This is presence, acceptance, business, yeah. whatever. There's a lot of different words for it. I haven't read The Alchemist, but I've heard about it. Oh, so you would love it. I feel. I, I know that I, I know that I wouldn't, and I, I don't know why I haven't read it. But I, I have, I have my eye on it. I don't, I don't know why I haven't. But uh, I know that I would like. It. I, I, I know that I love it. Um, I've read it, and I've done the Audible, and even the Audible is perfect. Jeremy Irons yeah. reads it, and uh, which, right. how do you not love that voice? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's an excellent book. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, but so practice just these little yeah things every day. Like I have, I have post its all over. Uh, my, you know, on my computer or wherever that say just like silence or, 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 or play or, or relax or just these things just like, oh yeah, just remember like it, or it's just a thought and just, just like, oh yeah. Okay. Cause it's very easy to get caught up. So I have reminders everywhere. I watch Muji every single day. Also now that I'm talking to all these people, I'm, I'm professing mindfulness. So it's, I mean, I practice a lot. I mean, just like any skill. And there's a lot of resistance to that too. I tell the people on the mighty, like you need to practice every day. Like they'll watch a Muji video once and they're like, now what? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm fixed. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like what? Like, well, yeah. So it's like, no, no, you gotta like make this a practice. You can't just do it once and then, and then think to be, you can be cured. Um, you gotta, you gotta put work into your mental health. Yeah. Cause the brain is super duper, duper, super duper, duper powerful. <laughs> yeah. And we've been conditioning ourselves to think a certain way forever. And yeah. now it, we, to undo that and start working towards peace, you have to do just as much condi- unconditioning and then start going in, in the right direction. So it's a lot of work to, to get rid of your bad habits. Yeah. And the warden in our brain doesn't want us to figure out that we actually the one in control. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, there's a, there's a story where like, there's a, there's like a, a village and there's a thief. And so they diligently want to catch the thief. So they hire a police officer, but the police officer is the thief who's, who's just pretending to not be. And so the village thinks that the police officer is doing a good job catching, looking for the thief because he takes out his gun and, and runs around and blows his whistle but the police officer, he's never, ever going to actually catch the thief because it's him. And that's how our mind works. It, it makes us think, oh, I'll do this and I'll do that. And I'll do all these elaborate things that are just distractions. That, that's not actually getting us where. And they might, they might, we might feel some kind of benefit, which is also a trick because it's not, it's not really the long-term right. uh, goal of conquering your mind. Uh but it's it's very the mind is very cunning in in making us think that we're making progress even though we're we're definitely not. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll get you like if people start practicing mindfulness they'll think oh email and then they, and then they'll 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 stop doing the exercise they go to email or think oh I wonder how many different color M and M's there are oh I gotta Google that that's a little Google like how many other <laughs> that sounds there? like my brain. <laughs> yeah, well it's everyone's brain. That's how it works. As soon as you're onto the right track, your mind will be like oh what about all this stuff and like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. And then you'll, and then, and that's how, that's how easily it gets you. So you have to practice 
yeah. being aware of how your mind just trying to get you off the path. But if I told someone, oh, if you want good, good mental health, just go on Amazon.com for two hours. That would be so easy. Like people would have no problem going on Amazon.com for two hours and just, and just window shopping. But as soon as I say, watch a 10 minute YouTube video of Muji, people are like, no, 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 I can't do it. Like they really freak out. There's so much yeah. resistance. That's the, the thing of if you <laughs> can practice meditation to just start with five minutes. Yeah, you got to start slow. Um, but and I don't so actually, I never actually like sit there and meditate. I, I, that's not for me, but just listen to I, I just can't get enough emoji. So just listen to him speak to other people. It, that's, that's enough for, yeah. uh, for me. Yeah. yeah. Thomas, how can people find you if they want to reach out? Uh, well, they can, they can on the, on the mighty, you can find my name, which is Thomas Usterhout, or you can go to find my community, which is called conquer your minds. Uh, and you can look at those in, in the search, uh, just search for that. Um, I've also started publishing articles on medium which is a, just a, a writing platform. And that's, uh, I use, my, name, my username used to be Thomas's chat. Now it's Thomas of Copenhagen because I think it's easy to remember. So Thomas of Copenhagen on Medium or Thomas's chat uh, or Conquer Your Mind on the Mighty. And I'll put links on Hey Human Podcast to make it easier for people that are wondering how the hell to spell your last name. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's another reason I, I just want to bypass that because it's a ridiculous last name. <laughs> No, it's a cool last name. It's yeah, yeah, sure. tricky. Yeah. There's a lot of vowels in there. Yeah. 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 Thomas, thank you so much. This has been really wonderful. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Bye.